Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. I'm your host, Zach Go. I've got a special panel for you all today. I'm here with, uh, obviously, Eve LaRose, a regular guest here, the CEO of EOS Nation, the number one block producer on the EOS mainnet. And then we have another person who's been in the EOS community since way before the Genesis block was produced. We've got the CTO of Diffuse, Alexandra Borget. We'll get into you guys' backgrounds, uh, but the guest today that not many people in the community know as much about, Yifan He. So he is the CEO of Red Date Technology, which is the architects behind BSN. It is essentially trying to create the internet of blockchains. The idea behind this is kind of taking interoperability to a whole new level. Yifan, why don't you let the audience know who you are, what Red Date Technology is, and introduce BSN to the EOS and EOS IO communities. Thank you, Dan. And uh, uh... Yeah, my name is Yifan, uh, Yifan Hei, and uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm the CEO and the founder of Ready Tech. And uh, Ready Tech is one of the founding members of PSN. And uh, another three is the uh, State Information Center of China and the China Mobile and the China Union Pay. Okay, three big state-owned entities. So that, that will be one of the questions with the Chinese background. Uh, for BSN and uh, so uh, basically uh, 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 we started BSN two years ago. So uh, at that time we uh, uh, we really like the uh, blockchain technology. Okay, well it's not related to the cryptocurrency. We like the way you know DRT. You know uh, how the data is transmitted in a broadcasting way. So and uh, but but uh, but two years ago there there were two problems. Uh, first one is the cost is is too high. Okay, there, uh, we saw that there's no way individuals and the small and the medium companies even will try this uh, the technology blockchain. Uh, uh, even today, if you build a, a small private chain, okay, in China you can only do the permission version of blockchain. So if you build a permission, the small permission chain like a fabric, okay, three tiers, it costs you twenty thousand dollars. Okay, in China, one year. So right now, on BSN, you build the same thing, it costs you $200 per year. So that's, you know, the first thing we're trying to do is bring down the cost. And the second one is, um, uh, we saw the, uh, all the chains, no matter it's a public chain or private chain, it's like the internet of, you know, early 90s of the internet. So uh, eventually, we believe there will be something to connect the of them together. I mean, connecting two chains is easy. Okay, you can you know do a programming and connect them. But uh, if there there will be millions of chains, how can you con- connect all of them together? So it, it, it's almost impossible. So there will be some kind of protocol or environment to you know con- connect all the chains. So that's actually. Uh, you know, when we started, uh, we saw, you know, those, the two problems, cost and the interoperability for blockchain industry. So we saw someone is doing this, you know, building something, you know, connect everybody, dropping, reduce the cost, you know, but uh, after we did the research, nobody really doing that, you know, so, so we thought we had, uh, you know, enough resources to put, put this off. So we, we begin to develop something like BSN. So basically, uh, BSN is an integrator. We call that integrator. So we, we, we're integrating all the uh, cloud services. So 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 when you build a private chain or 
uh, when you access the, the public chain, uh, you can choose from any cloud resources you want. Uh, for example, you build uh, if you build a small fabric chain with three peers, one peer you can choose the Tokyo uh, uh, AWS, and uh, and another peer you can put in Beijing with China Mobile, and another peer you can put the Microsoft cloud in Singapore, and you click button we build that for you. So 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 we integrating all the cloud resources, and the second one is uh, we are integrating all the frameworks. So there's uh, three type of frameworks we are integrating. Actually, four. Actually, four. Uh, the first one is we call that permission, uh, uh, which is uh, like a fabric and the physical, uh, physical because uh, from China. Uh, uh, for this framework, basically, is uh, you can go to any BSN portal and uh, click a button, and we build the chain for you. So you, so on BSN, you can build a thousands chain with different uh, permission framework. And the second one is public chain, like EOS. Uh, we we basically integrating as many public chains as possible, put them all inside BSN. So so for any developer, they can through one gateway, one monthly plan to access fifty public chains. Okay, that's a goal for next year. And uh, the third one is we call that open permission chain. It's it, it's a new type of chain. It's uh, actually because we cannot run public chains in China, but we need that kind of technology in China. So we bring in the public chain into China and convert that into a permissioned version of public chain and take out the cryptocurrency and use fair money to pay for the gas. It's weird, okay? It's, it's strange, but, uh, but that's something we can discuss. I, actually, I believe in that, okay? And, uh, and the number four, fourth uh, framework we call the interchain framework, like Arita from Cosmos, Poly Network, or Pocta, you know, we. We integrate them on BSN as a relayer chain, so 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 people can you know call any smart contract from any chain, uh, 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 you know basically uh, we we actually launched the interchain services uh, uh, last month, last month. So so right now you can build a small chain, small fabric chain, and use that smart contract through our relayer chains to call a smart contract on US. So 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 uh, that that's already done. So that's that's basically uh, and and the third one, you know, we we integrating all the framework, we integrating all the cloud resources, and the the third the third one is uh, you know uh, we don't really want to offer a portal on our own. Okay, we we, we what we want to build is build the BSN as an infrastructure, and we provide APIs to other websites. So those websites can build the BSN capability onto their website very easily. So because we already build everything, you know, at 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 the infrastructure level, and uh, and the websites can use our APIs and very quickly to offer a blockchain as a service section on their website. So through all the portals and and uh, all the portal manage their own user. So actually, we don't have any personal information on BSN. So they just you know tell us how many chains they want to build, and we don't know who built them. So that's that's basically the ecosystem of BSN. And it, it's a giant ecosystem. Just looking at your website of all of the blockchains you've integrated, all of the partners. I see Google Cloud, Amazon Web Services, Ethereum, Neo, Tezos, EOS, Solana. And of course, uh, on top of the blockchains, we have a Diffuse logo and a EOS Nation logo. 
So Alex, it's been, <laughs> it's, it's been a while since you've uh, been on here. Uh, for people that want to really dive deep into Diffuse and some of the stuff you guys are doing, I'll put some links in the description. So you, you're last here, I think, February. What, what all has been going on with Diffuse since February? And how are you guys working with BSN to enable DAP developers and making their lives easier, DAP development and their lives easier and developers on right, ISIO? Right, right. <laughs> Whatever. Well, so let's start with your first question. You're asking what have we been doing since February? So, you know, what most of the world has been doing is like working hard from home. And like we've been shipping a lot of things. A lot of things have moved since February. Uh, you know, one of the not the, not the least is a, uh, you know, we were, we're happy to see that Diffuse running in wildly different environments now. Like, as an example, EOS Nation there is running that on, on bare metal, and we're having that independently on different clouds and independently of cloud providers. So that's really neat. And uh, I, maybe some people don't know, but, you know, the whole stack Diffuse for EOS, I was all open source under the Apache 2 license today. So that has been, like, shifting, and it's actually increased adoption quite a bit. So it's good for all of us, right? That has been... Sort of a game changer and uh, you know we've shipped a few products uh what i'm thinking of uh as we're shipping as as we speak here is the fire hose i think it's a great new thing that actually powers the data stream from all the diffuse platform and it, it has all the live streaming and all the same guarantees of our other services you come expect to us from, to expect from us like the never miss a beat a beat guarantee here and uh you know, it's more raw, but still filterable. So this is a new service. We have like, like a fire hose. You can reprocess the whole history or stay in sync with the tip of the chain, lower level. And we, so Diffuse, we, we build that on per gigabyte basis. And uh, so we have that for Ethereum. We have that for EOSIO. We're shipping that for Solana soon too. So that's one thing I'm really excited because it empowers a bunch of new use cases, lower levels. So people or us to build like new solutions on top of blockchain data, which is the bread and butter of what we do, right? And we ship also, you know, a new product that was a perfect fit for wallet. It's to serve per account history where, you know, you have people with millions of transactions where for them, just keep a, a thousand, right? But those people who have a hundred transactions, you want to have them all, no matter where in the history. So it's a new angle of history. We had search, we have state. Now we have that sort of partial history that's both sides, perfect for short history of, you know, per account. And one thing we've should, you might have seen there, a migration tool. I think that's pretty cool because it increases developer workflow amazingly. You can actually take a chain, EOSIO chain. You take the state, you pluck all that on disk. You can modify it, like all the accounts and blockchain rows and indexes and a, you know permission structure, put it on disk, modify it will, and then boot a new chain with that. So you really migrate the chain. There's many things you can do with that, like ephemeral chains, chain extensions, all sorts of crazy things. So that's all out inside the binary. Two commands, you boot a new chain with a previous one, modifies. It's pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, we've shipped also speculative execution services for Ethereum. We're looking into that for EOSIO. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about some of that. Yeah, things. I mean, it sounds like so I, I could only kind of see how some of this relates for the spawning of new chains, potentially for a blockchain as a service product. Sounds like would make sense. Um so, Eve, you've you've been on the show a million times, but what have what have you been up to lately? And how? Why don't you tell the story of how this trifecta partnership between the three of you guys all, all came together here? And I guess let everyone know about um, how how the community edition of Diffuse, which you guys ha have been hosting, 
uh, kind kind of came about. I know I'm asking all these loaded questions here, so uh, you guys can. No, it's good. For, first want. of all, it's like it, I always get told whenever I come on this show that I'm very excitable, and and then people can feel my passion. Yeah, I'm nothing compared to this guy that just spoke before me. Like, <laughs> did you feel the passion and the excitement I, in Alex? I do. Uh, and, and and so this is kind of how it started. So the. Um, I mean, EOS Canada, uh, previously to, to Diffuse, uh, and EOS Nation obviously have ties in the past, uh, physical geographical proximity, uh, you know. Here? We, One, plus, actually, there's more than that. Alex was, in a way, part of EOS Nation before EOS Nation was EOS Nation, before EOS Canada was EOS Nation, for one call. One call three years ago. Um, but no, so, so EOS Nation and Diffuse have a, a long history together. And for BSN, uh, I actually cold called uh, Yifam. I just sent him a cold email. And I just reached out, uh, was wanting to know what BSN was all about, what they were working on. He had heard of us uh, prior to, and he had been talking uh, about us with Diffuse. We then just kind of got on a call and, and things like we jumped in right away. There was no there was no delay. There was no time lag. We jumped in from the very beginning, started talking about what each of us could offer. At the time, EOS Nation uh, had already uh, started working on the community edition of Diffuse, but it wasn't launched yet. So it was just a really good mix in terms of okay, well, how, where could we take this? Uh, what could happen with it? Who could you know take care? Who could who could use the service? And how would we shape it, knowing that it'll it'll likely scale massively if we do integrate it within the BSN? Um, and, and really, that's what it started. It started with a with a cold email, a cold call. Um, and, and then the rest is history. Just one thing led to the next, and it was just a, a match made in heaven in terms of, uh, I guess, tech stack and who brings what to the table. And right, the three, right. Like the three, I guess, pieces, the three pillars of what was needed in our in our opinion in terms of how would you scale this and how would you bring this product uh, as a whole. Um, I, I appreciate that. Like I see that we we've got text that a lot of tech that a lot of devs want, and we continue to develop that right. We offer enterprise solution using it, and BSN International gives us that distribution and like great, you know, distribution by including it in their platform. And the nation there makes it accessible to a broader community too, right? All these things bridge very well. It just worked really like well that. together. And I, like I, even I, if when you look at, like, Ifan kind of touched upon it a little bit when he said BSN is going to be a portal, but they'll also offer they'll also offer APIs so that other portals can simply plug in. Essentially, people will leverage BSN, and that will just multiply and, and scale even further. Uh, so we really anticipate once this you know really picks up steam, we'll get thousands and thousands and thousands of requests, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of requests at some point, just because of the network effect and the way, yeah, and the way that that this this is. Uh, going about. And so we wanted to make sure that we could be there kind of at the ground level. And that's where the community edition came in. So we uh, we had gotten in touch with Diffuse as soon as they they open sourced Diffuse. We're huge fans. We were uh, very much power users. I'm pretty sure that we, we added a couple of zeros to a couple of monthly bills for a period of time. And uh, we essentially had a God key for, for you, Diffuse and we were obviously using it. Also a lot of issues and PRs and good stuff issues. So like, like Correct. I'll back somehow. So there's like, there was, there's a lot of, uh, obviously a lot of partnership and we were seeing that we wanted to scale history at just, you know, way further than what it was at right now. We're running 
uh, Hyperion for, for about a year at that point. And we just saw that we would need something that would be just more scalable, more massive. And with, with Diffuse being open source, we decided to launch into it knowing that it would be complex, maybe not as complex as what we thought, uh, what it ended up being. Um, and then we wanted to, at the same time, open it up so that people could eventually uh, take the work that we did in terms of adapting Diffuse to a bare metal architecture uh, because that wasn't done yet, right? So there was a lot of different things that weren't, it was open source and it was working for Diffuse, but it wasn't, there was a, there was a lot of work. It took about five months worth of full-time uh, multiple FTs, multiple people working on this day-to-day, -day, as well as a lot of hardware, a lot of infrastructure purchase, et cetera, to adapt it so that it would work in a bare metal environment. That ES uh, but the, but the idea was always, if you're going to have applications that are going to come in and you're going to have a lot of them, most of them in the beginning will want to kind of just dip their toes in the water. And you're going to need to offer an environment where they can do that at no cost. But eventually, as they progress in their, in their business growth, you'll want to also then offer them, you know, something with more SLA, with a more robust experience. And that's really where the Diffuse team comes in. And so we're kind of the, like the, the entry point into the funnel. So DSN is very much the like, they're going to be shipping tons of people into this funnel. We're going to be the first entry point, and then we're going to send them over to Diffuse as they mature and as they grow their business. So the three pillars really, really worked well together. And, and that's essentially how all of this got created. It was all pretty much at the same time. I just want to thank you for hosting the community edition. There was like a period of time when a lot of the Diffuse stuff on the main that kind of wasn't working properly while there's a period of transition. And it was like, it was a bad time for me. There are different services that just weren't working right. And uh, Yifan, is an amazing product. Like and Yifan the mentioned, amount of traffic we see, it's pretty crazy. Yifan mentioned, like, if we want to see like massive adoption, like building on a blockchain has to be reasonably priced, it has to be cheap. And like, we live in a try it before you buy it, like world. Like if you, Diffuse is an amazing product and everyone kind of knows that, but someone new to the ecosystem might not, but they, and they might not be willing to necessarily jump right into a premium tier right away. So you guys offer uh, that, that freemium model. And I think it's going to tie in well with BSN because they're also trying to make it low cost and for, for these entry-level developers. It's all about like massive scalability. The amount of people that will be able to service um, at whatever level, whatever level it is that they need to be serviced at, uh, you know, we, we've got, we've got a plan for them, essentially, wherever you are in your product stack. I see BSN as being this huge, we, we've said it a couple of times, huge entry point into a blockchain development as a whole, not just EOS, but all these public chains, permission chains. You find who is like your target demographic for BSN? Like who are your end users? Like what kind of companies, uh, do you envision using BSN to, to build out their, their blockchain products? First, uh, it's, uh, 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 we actually have two products. One we call public BSN. It's the one I just, you know, tell you guys about. It's uh, that one, the public BSN, we're actually targeting the small, you know, developers. Because we, we really believe in uh, when, when a new technology emerges, it's, it's the individual and, uh, you know, the, the, the people really like that they will try first. Okay, the big corporation always, you know, a little bit behind. So, so uh, that's why, you know, on the public BSN, you know, we reduce the price as low as possible. Okay, in China, it's really $20, you can build your own chain, okay, and manage it. 
So, so uh, that's that's private PSN, uh, and we 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 don't even target the big banks. Okay, when big banks come to us, oh, let let's try the private the public PSN. We say okay. It's not for you guys, okay. Uh, but we also offer, uh, we call that private PSN. It's uh, it's uh, it's actually the money maker right now for us. It's uh, uh, basically we build a, a similar environment inside the internet. So so for example, the, the Chinese governments, the local governments, they uh, they all have a very powerful internet, okay, government internet, and there's you know thousands, uh, hundreds of agencies inside that. Uh, uh, internet and the building, you know, applications. So, so if they don't have a big environment, then they will build, you know, adapt with different framework. They don't even talk to each other. So, so we we can just build a small BSN on their internet. So they manage all certificates. They manage all the apps. They manage all the users. They manage all the cloud resources. They manage basically everything. So, so that's for enterprise internet. So we have the second, uh, uh, we, we saw that as a solution. So it's pretty expensive. So we, we basically charge the big impact, uh, enterprise and get the money and serve the individuals. Okay, so that's the, <laughs> how, we, how we run the PSN. I've heard the, the word enterprise thrown around a couple of times throughout this conversation. What are, what are some of the biggest pain points currently in DAP development for the enterprise? For example, the government, since I, I, I told you about it, they, they have very big internet and all their, uh, they have like hundreds of small uh, 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 state-owned entity and their agencies uh, all building application on this internet. But, but, but the problem is the, the reason why Chinese government build the internet is they want to connect all the, you know, IT system within their government. But so far, it, 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 it totally failed. Okay. They, even the Chinese government, you know, recognize that because they still cannot connect all the silos, you know, inside their government IT system. So, so right now the, the Chinese government really likes the blockchain technology. They they really want to use the blockchain technology to connecting all the silos. You know that's how we mix the data together. Actually, the reason for not connecting each other because you know different agencies they don't want to give the data to another agency because that's that's my data. That's you know the the the, the tax bureau's data. I don't want to give it to you. So, so by building a DAP, a permission chain, which means you know they don't give the data to another agency, they just put it into their peer and and they sync with other. So it solves the problem who gave who. So that's you know that, that's actually a, a major major market for uh, uh, government next three years. Can you build the, the blockchain application to solve to to really move the data? Uh, uh, you know, between different among different agencies, that's 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 a billion dollar margin. How about you guys at, at EOS Nation? If you've you've mentioned uh, different consulting or work you've done or your company's done with uh, governments uh, and enterprise, uh, what are what are you guys doing to kind of lower the barrier of entry for enterprise to adopt EOS and EOSIO technology? So I think there's there's two things, and one very much echoes what Yifan just said. Um, so, and, and my background, I used to work for for the federal government, so I'm very much in tune into, into how systems get deployed, how do they choose the systems, and very much so, 
they want to protect their data. So as much as uh, you know, blockchain is very much about distributed ledger, ledger technology and, and about open data and accessible data, governments are still very much looking towards protecting their data and not necessarily enabling the access to every single piece of data. So it's that hybrid approach of how can I have a network within my own agency or within my own department that's accessible to everybody, but not necessarily accessible to everybody on the outside. And this is why a lot of um, a lot of governments, for example, where I used to work before, uh, they've opted for systems like Hyperledger, for example, where you do have DLT, but you're in control of your own data and you can control who has access to it. So that is, that is one of the challenges that, that we're seeing with the government agencies that we're, that we're in communication with. Now, how do we resolve that? And how do we alleviate their fears and show them that they're working products and or ways to adapt to this? The approach that we've uh, taken that seems to be very successful right now is through the academic network, um, through universities. Um, so in Canada, a lot of the provinces have, or, or so education, Education within provinces in Canada is is, is a provincial um, a provincial file, and so each province within Canada manages its own education. Certain provinces, for example, like Quebec, where Alex is located, the province itself really manages the education. And so the school itself reports to the province. It's not so much, every school is not so much independent. It is very much public. And we've been able to, especially the university network, we've been able to uh, engage with university networks, which then are sponsored by the governments to be able to work on particular projects that then are essentially um, pilot projects and or showcase pieces for what they could use eventually within their own network. So we're working on a couple of things right now uh, that I can't go into detail, but uh, uh, we did just complete, for example, one of our, our first uh, cohorts, so a year-long cohort for two projects in particular, one of them being more shareholder-oriented, uh, so very much a legal aspect of things, but on the blockchain, and the other one very much on accounting uh, side of things. And so those two projects together kind of form a backbone piece uh, essentially platform or portal, which then can have other modules uh, accompanied to. And that in some way, shape or form plugs into perhaps government services that, that are being uh, looked at in terms of what could be integrated. So our approach is very much go into the, the university uh, at the academic section because it is a governmental service in order to be able to access further. And like Ifan said, um, small companies and small businesses are typically the ones that that are worth you know willing to take the risk more at first than large corporations, including governments, kind of sit back and relax and look. It's very much the same approach. So the, these universities with the students and with the cohorts, obviously very much more open to experimenting. They have the, the capacity to do so, but it's still very much connected to that larger, I guess, prize pool in the end. How about you guys, Alex? Governments, enterprise, everyone loves data. They need their data to be fast. They need it to be yeah, searchable. Yeah, like, and that's you guys' bread and butter. Uh, yeah, what, we what's know, We know enterprise. We actually really, we've discovered across the year that enterprises are the most prone to use and start doing that seriously. And that's what we've seen from our customer base. And we obviously are there to build products that satisfy enterprise needs. And you'll see that in the fact that our infrastructure is like highly resilient designed from the ground up to be like highly available on all components. And then you also will see that we've designed it to be massively parallelizable to satisfy those big data needs that, you know, large enterprises want to just plug into their data lake. 
And uh, also a, a big approach to that is we want to remove friction so that enterprise can jump in just like anyone else, remove friction so that all the complex code that you normally be needing to write against the specific nodes, like polling, whatever, that's put on us done with like very rigor, like rigorous way. And so that the, the customer can just write simple lines of code, right? I'm thinking there the, the transaction lifecycle or the push guarantee services that we offer just simplifies massively what they need to do so they can concentrate on their business needs. And I'm thinking also of some uh, prototypes that we have for EOSIO bridges, bridging software, so that you could bridge sort of a, a corporate chain into a public chain, you know, all, all these things. And we've been doing a lot of work also uh, on a private blockchain manager for EOSIO and sort of the thing to compete against Besu and Quorum and the likes, right? So things that take privacy extremely seriously where you can have chains that are sort of uh, secure in terms of reading also, but you know, sharing uh, you know, the chain with a, a subset of people. And we're also building things for enterprise in terms of connectors. They, they have all sorts of systems there that blockchains need to interact with. So we're going to be shipping a, a imminently a Kafka plugin. You can, you know, plug diffuse to Kafka. And these are the sort of thing we'll want. We'll be shipping one, two, three, four, five, because, you know, once you're connected to diffuse, especially that fire hose I was talking about, uh, now shipping that to all sorts of subsystems become much easier but we always always want to keep that sort of strength and, and, and guarantee. So yeah, I think enterprise is a great contender for all blockchain applications, not just standalone devs. So and I'm really excited by that. What what are some of the bigger use cases you you guys are all seeing uh, with the enterprise uh, in regard to using public blockchains? Like what what's the core use cases that you're seeing for enterprise on a and using a public ledger? I see many use cases. We have like a bunch of people using public chains, like. I'm thinking just just to list a few there. Like I, I'm seeing wallets using our, our technology because we're talking about that partnership here, using mm -hmm. a technology to improve their user experience. That's all in the public, right? A wallet wants a great user experience. That applies for enterprise or for the public, right? The user experience and can be replicated much. There's a lot of great work being done in that. But you know, things like the transaction lifecycle or, or, or retrieving the user's past transaction with all these access we're talking about, that's very important. And that's, you know, one thing that goes into the public. I'm thinking also exchanges using public network to get huge amounts of data for compliance reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing also game studios the, using uh, the streaming APIs we're providing there. Like the streaming aspect is very, very valued and the life cycle also to provide nice and smooth feedback to the users in the game industry. That's very important, like how slick it is. And I, now in the public space, you also have people who want to use this tech for auditing purposes, knowing what happened in the past and all, all these things. So they, that's in the public. And I'm thinking the people like Emanate uh, that are doing streaming music, that's like a network effect that you want a public network for. And and thinking Icon doing identity management that also requires a network effect. Like you validate identity, you need to have that sort of public pool of, of uh, uh, you know, public pool of, credentials and people people right registered accounts and and i'm thinking also of uh, ultra like we, these guys have been uh, doing a lot of work and uh, we've been uh, working with them for example on these migration tools thanks to them but uh, you know they're building a whole block public a whole public chain to you know just uh, to uh, have a crazy impact in the, the game world and this game distribution to become the best game distribution platform with NFTs and bolted on. So those, those are public networks, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all. So, sorry. So <laughs> Alex can only think of one or two things. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons that 
like when I, I think of enterprise and I think of their use cases and one of the, I guess, points of friction with public networks is the fact that the cryptocurrency aspect is so deeply ingrained into the public networks, whether it be the EOS token or the ETH token. Uh, you find at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned how BSN is abstracting the cryptocurrencies from these um that I, well, I forget they're like hybrid networks. You're turning a public network into like a permissioned network and abstracting the cryptocurrency out of it. How are you guys doing that? And who is, who ends up paying for like the gas cost on Ethereum or the the resource costs on EOS? Uh, if you're charging your customers twenty dollars, uh, are you guys running at a loss on that, or, or how 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 do you do that? It's actually that's definitely something I want to talk about. First, uh, 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 I don't really agree, okay, with Alex on the enterprise really deploy their application on public chain. That's actually something I don't agree. Actually, I talk with some big banks like Goldman, UBS, and some large corporations, you know, in the world. And the problem is the logical here is this. Uh, if you deploy an application on public chain, right, uh, the income and the cost all need to be cryptocurrency. So that's why DeFi makes sense. Okay, but if if you deploy an application, your income actually is the traditional money, the fair money, and you're paying cryptocurrency for the cost, then it doesn't make sense because the cost you cannot control. You could, you could, you know, this year you make some profit, but next year you probably lose money. So, 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 so for any blockchain uh, application, the income and the cost need to stay in the same type of currency. If it's crypto, then both sides are crypto. If it's fair money, then both sides are fair money. So, actually, we personally, I really believe in CBDC public chains, which means. People, you know, there's no cryptocurrency, but in, we integrate the CBDC or some stablecoin onto this chain. So when people deploy applications, they only pay for the resources. And all the nodes actually share the income of the gas store. Okay, not the cryptocurrency. So that's actually something that is similar to the open permission because when we bring them in into China, uh, actually all the the team, uh, for example, Orgram. Uh, also, we uh, we also talk with the US. So, so when we bring in that, it's Orgram and the titles, those teams, they will modify the framework because they are, you know, familiar with that the most. And and uh, and they will buy resources from BSN and deploy this permission chain on BSN. So they they already paid for the cost. And for any application on those open permission. They, uh, when they uh, use fair money to pay for the gas, the money actually paid to the whoever runs the open permission. So, so that that actually is uh, we did the uh, financial model. It actually uh, when, uh, when there's uh, you know uh, uh, you know a number of developers, it's actually a very profitable business. Okay, but because I believe in the the the. Uh, uh, CBDC public chain. That's why we are working with several teams to build a public chain. Okay, we actually also want to try the US because it's you know the, the it's it's a POA right. It's easier. So 
So, so basically, we want to build a, a public chain and integrating the CBDC and the stablecoin. And the when developer, you know, deploy or access the 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 the, the DApp, they just pay the pay uh, uh, pay, uh, uh, pay the fair money. Okay, the the the, the digital money or or or, or stablecoin. Then we have consensus among all the no operators, and uh, you know what's the price. And how we distribute that, you know, for the super nodes, for the regular nodes, you know, how we how we distribute those income. So, so, so I, I think the business model actually is very interesting. It's it, it's like you know, if there's not enough developers, so there will be less nodes because the more nodes they have, you know, the income drops. So, so there's a balancing, you know, what's the demand and how many people want to run these kind of nodes on this kind of public chain. So I, I, I think actually, you know, we, uh, I, I personally, I, I, I did some research. I think that's a very, very interesting idea. We are willing to, you know, invest and try some building some kind of, you know, this kind of chain. Yeah. So does BSN own, speaking EOS specifically, does BSN ha- own EOS and have it staked or... Where where does the EOS that that's powering the transactions come from specifically for EOS? Uh, for EOS, right now it's just uh, one of the public chains on BSN. So what we do is it's uh, provide right now it's it's very simple. We actually uh, provide a single entry point to you know fifteen chains. So mm-hmm. so EOS is one of them. So it's uh, but but we we don't touch anything with you know the cryptocurrency. So we, we just providing the entry point, the uh, gateway. So you access our gateway, access yields, but uh, but uh, but uh, when you have to pay cryptocurrency, you have to do that by yourself. We don't we don't touch it. But uh, but uh, but but with uh, with uh, with the CBDC public chain, you know, or we call that let's say CBDC yields. I really really believe all the major public chains they will have a version of, of CBDC. We're not so far. You said I don't dis- I don't agree with Alex. <laughs> I do believe that stable coins are going to be the 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 leveling of blockchains. It's going to level out blockchains. And, and when I'm talking about enterprise, I do see places where they need privacy in, cer- in certain situations, and they mm-hmm. will need also the auditability and properties of blockchain because they're going to be talking about money. And I do see the leveling on CDBC stablecoin. Now we could argue about the nature of the stablecoin, but but that flowing inside corporations and outside to public networks. But there will be, and I can imagine those ones. There are already. We have a personal network that honors USD dollars on our local network, and it has a bridge. Those are the bridges we're talking about. And we can have internal things happening, and it's all private. It's actually very valuable. It's very it's very nice. So I can see those things happening alongside large-scale public networks where now you don't really care as much as the transparency or 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 and the privacy. Maybe there's layers there also, but uh, I'm not so far. We're not so far, Ifan. Don't worry. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on this, Eve? You've been a little bit, this is the most quiet I've ever heard you. So, so I'm, I'm just making sure that the two connect and that they connect to the main net. And then, like Ifan said earlier, like who's covering the cost? Well, one example is we're covering the cost for Diffuse. 
so that you don't have to bear the cost. We do. Yifan also said earlier that the moneymaker for him is, let's say, large enterprises or private corporations paying their fair share so that small developers actually don't have to because you subsidize one subsidizes the other. We have a very similar model. If I can ensure that, you know, my if I can control my cost of subsidize so that more people come on the main net um, and I can take that that subsidy from large contracts or something else, that's also our model. Uh, and, and my job is to, to, to connect all of that to ensure that the mainnet stays at the forefront for EOS. Um, and then you asked earlier, like, what are the examples? Uh, so, I mean, there's a couple of things that we're working on, but a concrete example as well would be, uh, I'm sure you've heard the saying that there's two things that are guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Well, working, we're working on the tax portion because I'm not going to work on the death portion. Um, <laughs> But taxes is a really good example in our case of what can be put on a blockchain that's actually advantageous uh, for the for for the the end user, let's say the taxpayer, as well as as the person who's looking to get their ta- to get their fair share of, of of taxes. And that's one use case that uh, we see will likely be one of the first front runners to adopt this technology. And just because in terms of sheer volume, you would need a network like EOS. And you would need uh, somebody like Diffuse to power that search capability because it just needs to be instant and you need to have access to to everything, right? And Alex kind of touched upon that when you said your wallet, let's say, when you only want to have your history, that type of thing. So there's a lot of synergies there. You're saying to automate the tax code, basically, and to program it into your transactions? I'm saying that the tax tax would be a, a, I think, pretty obvious and a first step for government services to deploy some type of, not deploy, sorry, to leverage the blockchain. The first service, in my opinion, will likely be taxes. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of ties into the the CBDC, which is the Central Bank Digital Currencies, which you found mentioned. Is that something uh, that that's kind of a focal point uh, with governments is automating the tax code? Because like programmability and being able to program money, it's very powerful. And like a lot of people, when you think of like the original, the origins of crypto, you, you think of these kind of... Uh, privacy-oriented people, maybe even hiding from taxes. But really, blockchain makes should make taxes and audit, auditability super easy. Is, is this kind of like a focal point uh, from what you're seeing with governments is they, they want to automate all of this? And is this something that BSN is trying to help with? Uh, we don't really go that far yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, in China, the, the, the CBDC, we call that DCEP, okay? It's it's still a centralized system. It's still you know treat as a new bank account. So it's KYC. You know it's not even programmable right now. So probably uh, so 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 in China and in China paying tax is a little bit different than paying tax in American and mm-hmm. and Canada. So but but I believe in the CBDC because you know uh, you can see it, it really really speed up the turnover of the cash and the merchandise. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, for the regular business, usually, you know, when you're shipping, you know, how they pay you, it, it, it takes, you know, one day, two day or three day. But right now it can, you know, in entire supply chain, it can be paid immediately to 100 suppliers and uh, under a certain condition is met. 
So it really speed up the turnover of the inventory and and also uh, also the cash flow. What I mean when uh, when you run a traditional business, if your turnover is 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 double, basically your profit is double. So it's it's it really really very very important for for, for the uh, CBDC to the entire you know business world. That is like the crazy thing is all of that is data, right? <laughs> the most awesome part is that. Diffuse makes, you know, all these people trying to make those protocols high throughput in terms of writing, the value that comes from the blockchain data is out the output where Diffuse takes it and bridges it and, and, and fuses it to all these systems. That's the, the new oil, right? Data is the new oil. And I think that's so exciting, all these use cases that you're, you're naming there. It's going to have massive impact. I'm so stoked that <laughs> Diffuse is the first intermediary between the blockchain world and your systems, your consumption. I, I, you know. I, I totally agree with Alex. Actually, that, that's <laughs> why you know before we even launched the BIC International, we talked with uh, Diffios because we really, really like the idea. There's, uh, you know, the public chains, you know, always be there, but uh, how how developer use them, you know, there's always middleware like, like Diffios. You know, make 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 developers' uh, life uh, much much easier. Just just remember that, like the uh, you know uh, the technology like diffuse not only for public chain. It can also used for permission chain. It also can used for CBDC based anything. So so uh, that's why you know we really really like diffuse. You know we want to work with them. You know uh, we we are a little busy right now, but uh, you know after that we really need to, you know discuss the week, you know weekly meeting. You know how we can you know move the diffuse technology to other chains and to other kind of, you know blockchain related business scenarios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll even say I disagree slightly with Alex because the first point of technology is Diffuse, but the first people is EOS Nation offering free Diffuse. Of course. And of that and that's where that's where. So I I, I fully agree with what with uh, what Alex said is that everybody's focusing on the right component on a right uh, w w r i t e of blockchain right of putting data on a blockchain, but very few people are actually focused on. Yeah, okay, but it's there. I need to actually access it. And that's what Diffuse does. It gives you access to the data. Um, and EOS Nation is the one giving you access to that data in, at the onset. And so again, like the, the, the trifecta here is just a, just a match made in heaven. So with all of these new developers potentially entering the EOS ecosystem and building on EOS and other public networks, um, right now, EOS Nation, you guys are the only ones hosting uh, the community edition of Diffuse. Uh, do you envision more block producers stepping up and kind of hosting that infrastructure as like adoption increases? On the main net or yes. in general? Like I well, envision other people running. People can run Diffuse on their laptops. Alex always <laughs> says that. Whatever, yeah. any call that we're on, he's like, you can actually take your laptop and run your own instance of Diffuse. Let, let, me, let me put that in perspective. I'll let you continue. Like if people don't know, you can take one program, one binary, run it on your laptop. It's one command and it boots a full, first of all, a full chain. And then it runs all of the Diffuse service you get from EOS Nation or the things you can get on special deployments, whatever. You get them all in your laptop, including the Block Explorer, all the, all the richness of it. And then you can slowly take that and scale that to EOS mainnet size, right? which is what, what Nation did there. 
So, so however, putting the caveat is that for somebody to launch on EOS mainnet right now uh, is extremely labor intensive. Although we've done a lot of the work to make it simpler for the next person in line. Uh, but there's a lot of capital required. Either you're putting CapEx because you're doing it bare metal or you're deploying more of a vanilla diffuse uh, in a version because you're you're running it on, on, on cloud or on GCP, let's say specifically. But there are significant costs that we're talking about. So uh, in our case, it's definitely a sunken cost and an ongoing sunken cost. So unless you're capable of justifying that sunken cost for a long-term vision, will say that it's, it's probably a no. Um, I, I don't see anybody else being able to justify those costs right now at this time. In the future, that would be great. And, and we, we do know of people that are exploring it. Yes. All right. Well, Yifan, you, you said you have to run soon. So uh, my, my final question for you is, what could we look forward to from BSN as we move into 2021? BSN is uh, going to integrate more and more uh, 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 public chains. That's for sure. We want to reach 50, okay, within 2021, okay. And also, we are, yeah, uh, another thing is we are, uh, because we already integrated almost all major permission framework in China, so we begin to bring in the, the, the international one. So we are working with the consensus uh, to bring in Korea, okay. And also, we are talking with R3, uh, trying to build a Coda network in China to serve the, the, the banks. And uh, and uh, uh, also we uh, uh, in twenty twenty one we will push for the portal operation. You know, basically building more and more portals outside China. So that's a that's a box. And and building portals, we we have some income. Okay, that's also <laughs> the reason. So uh, and and uh, and uh, um, and also we will set uh, uh, we will set up the the BSN Foundation in Singapore. Okay, basically to manage uh, independently uh, the BSN International because uh, uh, right now the State Information Center, China Mobile, China Union Pay, they all involved in the BSN China. So, so uh, they have nothing to do with the BSN International. So we will set up a foundation and uh, gather you know, some large international corporations as partner in this foundation to manage BSN International together. And we will open source to all those partners next year. So uh, we, we want to find some technical partners to develop BSN together. This has become too too large to, you know, to, to handle by just a small ready technology. And the way we will launch the CBDC public chain the second half of the year. We really, really want to do that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's exciting. So how about you got you guys at Diffuse, Alex? What, and, and, I'd love for you to talk about EOS and EOSIO, but I know Diffuse is multi-chain. You guys are doing other stuff. What are you excited for as we move into 2021? Well, a few things. Uh, right now, we're working on Solana, which is going to bring a lot of crazy performance improvements to the Diffuse stack, which was also is going to benefit Diffuse for EOSIO. And we're building uh, new and better products for people building and, and the trading in DeFi land. So we have specialized APIs we already released on Ethereum and things that we're, we're shaping up like to, to ease their onboarding because this is, is hot right now and this, it's going to stay, right? It's going to continue That's on. Interesting. How, how does uh, you guys work with like a, a project like Solana? How, how, how does that kind of tie in and then benefit other blockchains like EOSIO? Well, the stack, there's a lot of things from the Diffuse stack that are working across chains, right? 
-hmm. like and are, or that are pluggable some things about one chain is pluggable in the core streaming engine and all of the chains supported by diffuse are you know using that same streaming engine same sort of design patterns massive scalability we're using some of the same patterns so when we're working on solana which has it's a different beast that has crazy performance and uh, data throughputs it's another it's not the same right so anyway we're going to be yeah. able to bring some of these improvements back to yasio but otherwise what are we going to ship we're going to be shipping also connectors things for enterprise uh, uh some customers demand like like i was talking about the kafka stuff and uh and also i'm really excited by the fire hose i think it's a great abstraction Think about like a ship 2.0, right? The ship that's already node EOS. So you can uh, not rely on just one node, less brittle than a node, right? But you have all the throughput and all the data that Diffuse has. So I'm really excited to ship that uh, imminently if you're interested, Pocas, because uh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. And many other things we're planning in that we have. You guys are always shipping, man. That's one thing Diffuse has been doing since day one. Before Diffuse even was a thing, you guys have been always uh, shipping at Canada. Like there's no tomorrow. Yes, sir. What, what about you guys, Eve? What, what's EOS Nation up to? Is there anything that I don't know about that you're able to share? What, what's, what's uh, in the, the in the short term, actually, we, we just announced something the other day because somebody was asking about our SX portal and the DeFi products that we've been offering for a long time. Uh, so we're expanding those products. There's two uh, contracts that are currently being audited right now by Slowmist, uh, a vault as well as a flash loan contract, which we've been using. Uh, it's been open source now for almost a year. Um, and anybody could have used it if they really wanted to, but now we'll be creating a portal for that and facilitating so that anybody actually can use it without just connecting through API. Uh, but before doing that, we're making sure that it's audited um, and then we'll and we'll MSIG the contract so that it's already open source. It'll be audited as well as MSIG. So that should be coming out very shortly. The audit should actually be done within uh, within a day or two, um, and then we'll we'll be creating a portal around that. Uh, but we've essentially, for example, the flash contract. Uh, we've been um, you know using it personally, and we've been we've we've had a bunch of people actually start using it a while back, and it's, it's really cool. Um, for those who don't know what a what a flash loan is, uh, and and the way that it works on EOS is even cooler. I kind of I kind of call it like a time travel uh, contract, and essentially you're able to to borrow a certain amount of assets and repay the assets all within the same block, and if if whatever you were trying to do ends up not being profitable in the DeFi space, your transaction never occurs. Think about how crazy that is. You're able to actually try out to see if your trade is going to be profitable. And if it's not profitable, you never end up spending a penny. And regardless, you never, never end up spending a penny because the contract that you're using, that you're pushing the smart contract to, is not the one that holds the funds. The flash loan holds mm. the funds. So it's 100% safe and we give you access to funds for this. So right now, for example, our flash loan contract has 1,800 EOS in it. So that's the equivalent of about $5,000. You're able to borrow that $5,000, go do something with it. If it's profitable, you pay back the 5,000. You never even had access to the 5,000 and you get to keep the Delta. If it's not profitable, the transaction just fails. Anyway, so that's one thing always... that we're super excited about. It always blows my mind. I, whenever I'm snooping around on Nudex and looking at the recent trades and I see like trader.sx or whatever you guys' account names are, I click on that transaction. I look at the traces and there's just like 50 little tiny transactions Crazy. as part of this big transaction. I've seen the flash loans before. Yeah. 
And we've open sourced this a long time ago. So anybody can use it. You, you can go and use it today if you'd like. But because we're going to be creating a portal for it and really facilitating the access for people to be able to leverage this, that's why I'm talking about the audit and the MSIG. So that's one part. The vault is another part uh, that, we're, that, that, that has been there and we're kind of facilitating that. It's actually based on Rex, uh, which is really cool. So that's one thing that's really in the short term. You should be looking at this in the next uh, couple of days for the audit to be done, but let's say a couple of weeks to a month uh, before there's there's a portal that somebody who doesn't want to interact with the API can actually go and click a button on a website. And really, that's all it is. Um, and then uh, one of the things that we're really excited about is our university program, which I talked about the last time I was on the show, uh, which has expanded considerably within Canada. Uh, we're expanding that in China as planned as part of the roadmap. Uh, we've hired or, or we're in the process of hiring somebody uh, to help us expand that network. And the idea is by the end of the year to at least have 500 to 1,000 students that will be graduating, wow. uh, building on the mainnet, not on the SIO, on actually the mainnet. We just had one of our first courts uh, just uh, you know present to, the, um, to, to their faculty as well as to the government last week uh, in Sherbrooke. Uh, actually. Uh, and so that, that was really cool. Um, it, it, there's a video right now, but it's unfortunately, it's only in French. So we're subbing it so that I'll be able to share later on. Uh, but we're moving through the, the hoops basically of doing this over and over and over more frequently, larger scale and bringing it to China. The idea is we really want to expand that again to, you know, multiply by hundred, whatever it is we're doing here, it very easily to be able to reach that in China. And again, leveraging the diffuse uh, to be able to do this and, and expanding that offering, et cetera. Uh, obviously lots of investments still within the EOS ecosystem, mainnet specifically, a lot of hardware purchases, a lot of staff growing. We've, we've been hiring a lot of people uh, as we move into 21 and we, we plan on, on continuing that. So we usually end the show with a Goios, but I'm I'm on I'm on a call here with two French Canadians. How do you say Goios? I, I know Eos is probably the same. How do you say Goios? Go Allez-y, allez-y, Eos. Oh, oui, oui. Oh, oh, oh. Goios. <laughs>